Hey, Marcus. Yo. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, John. Do you like movies? Of course. Oh, that's a good answer. This is Zebras in America podcast, a cinema podcast about film, recording live from three separate buildings, because if you're listening right now or you're listening to from the future, which I believe we will have, we are still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, but many, 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 many podcasts ago, episode 12 to be exact, we had a guest. His name was John Wilson. He is a a young, talented filmmaker, and he was making short, short films about New York and what was going on. And then 130-something episodes later, he has a successful HBO show called How To with John Wilson that just had a season finale, which I know I'm biased, but is probably the greatest episode of television in 2020. And he was so kind to come back on and talk a little bit. So we'd like to welcome our our guest, John Wilson. How are you, baby? Good. Uh, thanks for having me back. I liked I liked the whole origin story there. You could trace my success down to back to the the twelfth episode of Zebras. I mean, what I can say is, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because. I've been very nostalgic and going through a lot these days. And I always say this, that every friend I make, they get a ticket for one. So if you make a blog, a book, a zine, a movie, you have a stand-up act, you're into collaging, go to an open mic, you made an EP, a comic book, a dance recital, I don't know. I had a friend who successfully ran away from home to join a circus, not joking, robot Mm -hmm. fighting, Magic tournament, comic convention, I don't know. You have one free ticket for me to go to that. I will support my friends in their creative endeavors once. And anything after that only matters if there's talent. So that's how I feel. So, <laughs> so when you, I, you've seen it have you you've seen more of the so yeah, you've seen at least two of my movies, I'm hoping. Well, you you know that I'm a huge fan. When I met you Right, when, I know, I know. I know. When I met you and we had ramen that day, I, I, I was like, I don't know what these what these movies are going to be like, but I checked them out and I really liked them. And we had you on the show because we truly believed that you had something special and were on for big things. And we were not wrong. So what's going on with you these days? Uh, how'd, um, you get, how'd you get this HBO show? Um, well, yeah, so I was on Zebras and then, well, well we met. And that, I, I just wanted to mention that the the ramen spot that you brought me to um, has immediately became my favorite ramen spot in the city. And and you've yeah you've changed my life permanently um, because I'm there. I mean, before the pandemic, I was there you know once a month at least. But they're still open, and That's I don't know great. if you've been since the pandemic. But it's very I relaxed. To, I moved to Baltimore, John. Oh really? Yeah. Did we talk about that? No. Be- Oh, okay. Uh, damn, yeah, well, you know, when you make it back, if you ever do. I, uh, I, I, I will be back. Great. Well, <laughs> well, uh, well, hopefully uh, the ramen spot will still be there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's uh, what was the question? Yeah, how is everything? How did it happen? 
Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, I mean, like everything is just a kind of series of cascading coincidences that kind of leads me anywhere. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like to, you know, have a, a Mr. Magoo kind of approach to, uh, to, uh, my career, uh, you know, both kind of social and professional, um, you know, we met that one day because, you know, I was, I remember I was really hung over in the morning and mm-hmm. I think Max Geller yes. asked me if I wanted to be an extra on high maintenance and I was, I felt terrible, but I said, yeah, you know, just because I'd never done anything quite like that before. And I guess that, yeah, so that was my first appearance on HBO, official appearance on HBO, even though uh, you can barely see me, even if you go frame by frame. But I think someone took a screenshot uh, where you can see me pretty clearly. Yeah, I sent it to you the other day. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised that you could make me out that well. Um, but, it hap- it, you know, it passes really quickly. Um, but, yeah, and then... Like ever since then, you know, I just I've been making those short films that, you know, that 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 you saw for a long time. And I never really had ambitions to have a a show on a, on prestige, uh, prestige network. Um, but it just kind of happened that way. I don't know. I, I, I really I'm, I'm not a big fan of compromise and people have offered me different, you know, kind of they've offered me to kind of have my stuff on different platforms and I've always kind of like turned it down uh, or asked me to monetize my stuff somehow, which Mm -hmm. I never really wanted to do because uh, I just, I really don't like barriers to content. But the thing with HBO is that, you know, it, it, I feel like everybody has either has their own or has somebody else's HBO password. So it's it's kind of like a public utility at this point and it's it's fairly easy to access and i think mm. that the the ratio of of like audience to kind of restriction was 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 fine for me um because like it was a a much bigger audience and um i you know i i and and there's still there's still people that i mean someone messaged me in south korea the other day and they asked for uh they said they couldn't get an episode mm they couldn't see the show so i just i i downloaded the the stuff from the pirates on the internet and i just i we transferred the episodes to her uh so she could watch that's so, really that's really kind of you dude i mean it's it's i i pirate almost everything i watch um, bro i almost i almost lost my internet cuz like i was i was using i've been using a different browser called opera which has a built-in vpn Oh yeah, which which is really great, and we were we were doing a Thanksgiving episode last week, and I was, I could not find the movie Dutch, uh, through means where I could actually see it, so I had to go through alternate routes, and Comcast did not appreciate that. Oh yeah, oh, did they shit. send you like a physical piece of mail saying mm-hmm. that they caught you? They sent me an email saying someone in your house tried to download Dutch. And that's so embarrassing. It it was embarrassing and it was also hilarious. And I still think for people that care about privacy and stuff, using uh, a browser different than Chrome with VPNs is great. But 
that doesn't protect you in other ways. But I'm not trying to make this an episode about that. But I was gonna um, say I, that 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 once happened to me, but it was <laughs> it was for watching True Blood, so that's way more embarrassing. Which is yeah, an HBO is more show. Embarrassing. Which is an HBO show. Shout out to HBO, but it's just like I'd be proud if I got the Dutch letter. I got I got the screenshot <laughs> of like me from my camera. That's and really it was, creepy. It's it was super creepy. I thought something bad, like like really bad happened. I thought something hacked on my computer, and it was just like, "Hey, stop watching True Blood." I was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> really, uh... And that show got... really fell off after season two, anyway. What were you saying, John? Yeah. I, th- I yeah. Now you mention it, I, I I think I got one of those in, in in the place I used to live. I you know I used to live with like five people. And I think we got one, like a physical piece of mail that said that we were trying to download Love Actually, um, huh. which was like, you know, I, I feel like also pretty embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, I think it's it's funny what, I don't know, it's funny how that works. You yeah, and it's it. true, like HBO does cost money, but it's one of those things where all you need is one person that's like down like there's a zebras fan that that lets me watch hbo on their account and mm-hmm. i really appreciate it and you know yeah i mean i i still don't have hbo myself you know i, I like i i asked hbo for hbo um and they said <laughs> they actually just said no um so i use my friend clark uh, Filio's um, uh, account uh, to watch it. I actually to watch the premiere. I didn't have. I had to rent a. I had to rent a, like a motel room to to because I wanted to watch it on actual an actual TV. You know, and wow. I wanted to have. Oh, wow. I wanted to have to like see the last ten minutes of Bill Maher before I watched. Like my, you know, I wanted to have like the real like rigid kind of scheduled experience. Um, but that's and, amazing. You know, sure. And weird. sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, but and there something. Was, like, yeah yeah go ahead no it also sounds like something you would do and hi clark and hi doug and hi everyone and you know it's nice to hear your voice i I haven't seen you in a while and it's been in uh, an interesting and um challenging year for everybody but also in our friend group so it is uh comforting to to hear your voice and um yeah, for people who are listening that don't know John's work, which is really strange because we're 10 minutes in. So if you listen to this episode, <laughs> that's kind of wild. But John Wilson was making these short movies that were on his website, johnsmovies.com. Pretty great website name if your name is John and you make movies. And you're you're really lucky on that one. And there are these mm-hmm. short collage stories where John sets out with a question and then seeks it out and is also sort of like a, a, a ruse, if you will, of showcasing very interesting videos that you take. And um, I think it's really interesting that somehow that turned into like Nathan Fielder of Nathan For You and him creating uh, an HBO show. Like how how does... I mean, I get it. I get why someone like Nathan or this work fits into the same universe. But how did that all like? That's pretty cool. How did that all happen? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I was, I was, I was just as surprised as anyone else. Um, uh, 
I believe you it. know I uh, I was just kind of I was prepared to just make movies at this at, at at my at my kind of scale for the rest of my life you know I didn't really I didn't really have any plans to 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 make a bigger thing but yeah but then like Nathan ended up I don't know we were in different orbits obviously um, because you know but we met like randomly one night at a restaurant in uh, Chinatown this place Forlini's um, which I don't know if it's even still open I think it might be but uh, yeah and it turned out he had seen this movie that I made that I can't release publicly oh that um, one where I yeah that where one. I kind of yep. like fake my way onto core TV and wear hidden cameras and stuff uh, so he had seen it because it's and and it's one of the only movies where I made where you where I am like front and center mm. uh, because you know because there's another studio filming me you know so I didn't and that's what's great about about hijacking a production like that is you know you don't have to you just get all this free production value um, anyway so he saw that and then we just exchanged numbers that night and we just started texting texting and calling each other. And basically, pretty quick, just developed this pitch for this show, which was just a more ambitious version of my shorts, more or less. Hmm. And we brought it around to, and I flew out to Hollywood, and we brought it around to five or six different places. And uh, yeah, HBO was the best one because they, you know, they seemed to like get the idea like fully. And I also loved the the idea of going with them because. They didn't. They don't have any commercials, so yeah. I wouldn't have to divide the. You know, oh, a, I didn't even think about that. that, that yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because like otherwise yeah. with TV, you have to kind of there's this artificial like three or four act structure you have to kind of like right. write to, and and I, I really really didn't want to have that affect the artwork in a way because uh, yeah. it never did with my old stuff really. And uh, I, but yeah, I, and I do want to say that Forlini's Bar, which is on I think it's on Baxter Street next to like three excellent Vietnamese restaurants in Chinatown is Mm -hmm. I really hope it's still there because that that bar is awesome just like a random Italian bar where you can get Italian food and also just good drinks in the middle of Chinatown that place is great and it makes me happy that you and Nathan drank there yeah it was it was kind of like a yeah there were some other people there but I'm sure I came because, yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't like a date. Um, I, I didn't think you and Nathan Fielder were dating. <laughs> um, it's okay if you do. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and, and we just started, I don't know, it, it was just, I mean, I would have been laughed out of every single room in Hollywood if he wasn't sitting right next to me um, because he was the kind of, you know, proof of concept of that, the kind of tone, more or less, of the show um you know his work because you know i I was a big fan of his stuff you know for years before i met him and you know i I never i i just always you know he's always kind of a mysterious figure to me as 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 i feel like he is to most people and um i i never thought that we would be in the same kind of universe and it was very surreal at first to to collaborate like so intensely with someone uh who you kind of know as this very opaque character um and and getting to know the real nathan was 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 really cool 
because um he is we we're, we are we are like both working with like the same set of references more or less you know like different filmmakers or um like we both are obsessed with louis theroux and like we would oh, constantly wow. talk yeah. about him yeah, and too. you know he's just he he's obsessed with realism in like the best possible way and like in every way that i hoped that he thought about his work he did and he just like brought that directly to this project you know and was he's just really good with story too and i you know because i can be a little disconnected here and there and i don't always know how things fit together in the most kind of narratively satisfying way sometimes it just kind of you know i i sometimes it works when i cut it together and sometimes it's just a little off which is you know part of the charm i guess but he's he's very good with kind of sculpting and kind of the, the edit was a very intense process for us I imagine um, I have I have questions about that and also yeah I I I I've always found Nathan for you to be like a little too uncomfortable for me cuz he's so good at his kayfabe like Yeah, he is. It's his dedication to this character is like so brilliant like cuz if I had to do what he was doing I would break. Um and yeah. Marcus got me into that episode he made me watch that episode where he like tries to find love. Um, mm-hmm. Finding Francis. Finding Francis. Yeah. Fran- oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was. One I mean, of- I I still consider that to be a. Mo- I mean, it is. It's 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 feature length. Um, it was on my top ten of a couple of years ago when I yeah. when I do my my annual top ten list. Yeah, that was what. It, yeah, I was about to say it was like literally on one of Marcus's like favorite movies of the year list because like. Like, yeah, I, it's weird when you call it, like, definitions are definitely starting to change of what is what and what is not. But, like, if an episode of television is an hour and a half, why isn't that a movie? But then again, like, your your shorts, um, your short films were, like, however, um, however you wanted them to be. And fun little thing is there's a song on my new record that I just finished called Magna Santi, which was inspired by uh, <laughs> one of the movies you made about New York. Oh, cool. Um, is it about, uh, is your song about overdevelopment or? I mean, it's an instrumental piece, but I think, but mm. it kind of creates like a, it is overdeveloped. Like there's a lot of notes that are, it's, it made sense to call it that. I'll tell you that much. Cool. <laughs> I, yeah. I'd like to hear it. And so it was like, when I first heard you were making a show, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, how's he going to make it work? And what it is, is like it. What I love about it is that it's your work. It doesn't feel like a new thing. It's it's your it's like 30 minute versions of your movies. But with more you like you open up in a way like there's an arc of you showing yourself and opening up throughout the throughout the process and they're they're 30 minutes long but i feel like you very much kept the integrity of your work but i also imagine that hbo i can't imagine the production cost for this to be similar to game of thrones sure right (laughs) yeah i mean you know one season of this you know is probably comparable to one uh shot of you know depending on the shot of game of thrones because i I feel like a lot of it is probably 
editing, signing releases. Like yeah, I, I mean, all the money. I mean, the show does cost money, but of all course. of it goes into like, I, I I made sure that like all of it goes into like paying the people that need to be around to make sure that this stuff is real, like like just just staffing up on second unit you know uh second unit people to shoot b-roll uh you know when, when i'm not available or like yeah people to get releases from people on the street you know and and just beefing up those departments and uh you know with assistant editors because it, there's a lot of footage that needs to be kind of like put into this library and and tagged and everything like that which is like this colossal uh, you know undertaking that um and then the editors have to like watch a hundred percent of the b-roll just so they right. know what you know so they can like if if we need a joke in the moment you can think about this one shot that you saw a month ago that like that fits this puzzle together in this puzzle perfectly you know and so like with this with the show like how much of it is like I want to I want to go to a convention about people that believe in the Mandela effect or like you have this footage of all this stuff that like how how does the footage inform the the question and the the discovery and the investigation I guess yeah it's it's the way I've been describing it is just I mean, the, one of the only ways to describe it is is that I'm just shooting and writing and editing all simultaneously from the beginning to the end, you know? Um, like, I start with these ideas that I'm kind of, you know, that are kind of at the front of my mind, and then I, I just, like, me and the writers, like Michael Komen and Alice, like, we we made these kind of like big kind of uh i don't know we just like dumped all these ideas into these like different bins and mm -hmm. just wanted to try out a bunch of different stuff like you know if, if we're talking about vacations like me going to talk to a travel agent you know like i'm going to book a vacation that could just be something that happens off screen in a show but i just want right. to go do it and then this woman ends up opening up and it becomes like one of my favorite scenes of the episode and you know, you just like basically try out a ton of different stuff and a lot of it doesn't work. You know, I have, there's so much stuff in this, like from the production, like that, <laughs> you know, that just didn't make it in. We tried so, so much and you know, you're just, if it, it feels miraculous when you're watching an episode because right. it's like, Oh, how did all this stuff happen in this sequence? You know? But in reality, there's all uh, so much stuff happening around it that you just don't see at all. Um, and you're just like, uh, you're just witnessing like what seems to be this, this, this kind of like this once in a lifetime thing, um, which it is, but I don't know. It, it, we're just very selective, which makes right. it, it, it seem too good to be true. Be but it's not, it's not staged. It's just that there's a narrative. Is that what I'm getting like everything yeah, is I, happening but you're also because like art is art you're controlling how it's presented yeah but it doesn't feel I, like you're manipulating people or anything like that that's what i really liked about it yeah i i think that people i mean i'm glad you feel that way um yeah i, I think people's like 
like bullshit detectors are actually pretty kind of finely tuned and they can tell when something is real and when something's not. And like, you know, when I, in the, again, in the pilot, when I talked to that, uh, when I talked to the guy in the WrestleMania parking lot that turned out to be a, uh, uh like a pedophile hunter yeah <laughs> like that <laughs> you know I, I i i filmed that i was just like i was just alone with uh my field producer jess is walking around what up jess i, filmed... I know jess yeah Je- yeah jess pinkham um she was fantastic um she's the best but like we um yeah we filmed that whole thing and then i brought the footage back to the edit and nathan and i were just looking at it and we're just like we we need to go like we need to take this guy up on his offer to to go check out his his kind of headquarters in Pennsylvania, and yeah. then you basically just like follow a thread for until you exhaust it. Um, you know, like like there was this whole scene like you know like the, the guy failed to catch the predator, right. um, but there was this whole scene afterwards that we filmed that didn't make it in where like. I, he brings me to the gas station that he always bring that he always meets up with the pedophiles at, mm. and um, it's funny because he was showing me like usually where he parks and usually where he confronts them, and then the manager from the the comedian store at the gas station like runs out, and he's just like no 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 get that guy out of here all he does wow. is bring pedophiles to my gas station <laughs> oh man <Right. laughs> and like <clears throat> which is you know, amazing but that actually. Having now watched the series twice, it kind of actually doesn't work for the show. Like, I don't see that fitting, but that, that's still an amazing piece of footage. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it, it, like it was one of my favorite moments in just in, in, in real life. Like, just like what a weird problem to have as a gas station manager. But um, yeah, it just, you know, we, we wanted the we wanted to be able to move on very quickly after each thing, after we did each thing, you know, we wanted each episode is very dense and I, yeah. there's just so much I wanted to fit in that like I would just fight for certain shots like, you know, like really intensely a lot of the time or just to keep certain things in because a lot of the time I, I thought that like I would, I, I was afraid I would not be able to film or I would not be able to fill 30 minutes, you know, every week. But I, it, it turned out to be the opposite. It's just that I, I, I barely had enough time to fit in with the stuff I loved. Yeah, you have you have to figure out like, what works and what I do like about that episode is like when that happens you're like wait is this is this the hook is this like your show has a very like first couple seasons of Simpsons vibe where like there's the there's All the, the characters are really poorly drawn and misshapen no not that <laughs> way but I mean well the characters are misshapen in that you attract different sort of people but you you celebrate them there you know there's i'm i am certain and i've read already that your your art has been compared to another person whose name i will not say who has also made quote-unquote documentary work during this time and may have released a what i found to be propaganda film on amazon recently and i don't Wait, i don't who? I, yeah i'm not i'm not yeah yeah you need uh, to spit it following. out oh am i being too too uh yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not i have yeah, no wait, idea on actually, amazon? what you're talking about i was talking about um high five oh wait you're talking about more oh oh sure that came out on amazon 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. And I don't I mean, really want to talk about it because I think it's like a prop I, a propaganda film. Completely but, fine with, yeah, like sure. Where I feel like <laughs> your characters are really celebrated, even though they're weird. Like you, you mm-hmm. interview and and encounter some of the strangest people. Uh, strange is not really even the word I want. Unique, interesting, and mm-hmm. you, I never feel like you're judging them. And like you're working, it feels like you're working it out with us. Like as I told you in an email the other day. In the first episode, when when you finally when we finally get to the idea. So what I was saying about Simpsons is, you know, Simpsons starts with the first five minutes. You think it's going to be about one thing, and then it switches out. That the mm-hmm. intro is almost like a MacGuffin. So with yeah, your episodes, yeah. you have this premise, and then it turns into something else. So for a second, we think, oh, is this is this whole episode going to be about tracking pedophiles? And you're like, <laughs> no, it's not. And then you go to South Beach. And it's hilarious. Or Miami or whatever. No, not Happy the Cancun, Cancun for MTV Spring Break. And you meet this dude. And this dude is struggling. And you're not... But you find out eventually. Like, at first, it's like, oh, he's just some whatever. And then it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things, too, where, like, it's a very... I, I, I can't think of anyone off the head right now to, to keep... To relate this to. But just, like, you keep the camera rolling. And eventually, like, just stuff comes out. And then it's kind of like, oh, so that's what's going on with this guy, clearly. Right. Like, that, like there's nothing more than than. The, I mean, there's other stuff, but like in the moment, oh, that, oh, that's what this is about. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like you, like I very, see very Morvan Caller, like that, that 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 whole thing is very Morvan Caller esque. I don't know if you ever seen that movie before, John. What? No. What is that? Uh, it, it's Lynn Ramsey's first movie, <clears throat> and uh, Samantha Morton. After I, I don't want to give too much away, but someone dies. And then it's like she goes to Cancun and there's all these people around her. Like she's in the middle of spring break in, 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 oh no, she goes to Spain. But anyway, it's like spring break in Spain and there's all these people partying around her. But someone close to her has just committed suicide. It's like mm. the same. It, it, it's very similar. Um, Interesting. But this just kind of digs a little deeper. Um, it's a very good it's a, about. It's, yeah, a it's a very, very good movie, movie too. Yeah. And wow. like, yeah, so you're you're watching... This guy in Cancun explain what he's going through, and I see you as it's happening. Challenge yourself to ask more questions, because like you're my friend, but you're like you are. You can be a little reserved. You mm-hmm. take like you're not. You're not like. Let me tell you everything about me. Hi, that's not like <laughs> your vibe, and that's fine. Like you're. You're doing your thing, so I thought you were able to extract this story from him in a really kind way. I didn't feel it to be like you were making fun of him. I didn't think that you were right. yeah, yeah. taking advantage of him. Um, have you seen uh, the Eric Andre movie, Road Trip? Uh, bad bad trip. Bad trip, excuse me. <clears throat> um, but this is funny. This is the second. No. Eric Andre came up on, on the first John Wilson ep- ep- episode. I remember you had some some things to say about him. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I totally forgot about that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I did. Um, but yeah, so like, Eric Andre's Bad Trip movie is another movie that, well, it's way more manipulative because there's like a narrative and there's a story in it, but the, 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 the instances where people are encountered, like you, it shows like the good side of people. 
Whether that was on purpose or not, I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's like there is this idea that we try to present that like people are bad. But I think a lot of times people are good or just interesting or have a lot going on. And um, yeah, the first episode of, of your of your show, it was that that last scene was difficult for me because, you know, uh, a um, a mutual friend of ours passed away this summer. And yeah, that's been something that's been challenging me, to say the least. Yeah. And. It was, yeah, because, yeah, you know, you don't always know when to bring it up, you know, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, but it's like, because you don't want to suffer silently, you know, right? Um, but it, it's also like sometimes when I, when I want to talk about something tragic with someone, mm-hmm. I kind of just, I play the conversation out in my head beforehand. And I, I just, you know, I go through all the motions and I, I you know, and then I get to the end of it and, and I just think about whether or not it's worth it. If, if I know exactly what I'll be wow, getting, same. get <laughs> like getting out of it. But like a lot of the time, you know, like, you don't you may get things out of it that you didn't anticipate and it's it's actually like i don't know it's it, it's tough because it it does it does come down to the situation and stuff like that and 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 who the person is you're talking to um it's like you know you you don't always want to just start weeping at a bar but um like when the time is right it is healthy to talk right. about it and that was just something that i was personally going through in cancun um, that I, you know, I, I, I really had no idea that he was going through something similar and, um, it was really challenging for me to, to get to that level. Cause you know, I'm also operating a camera and uh-huh. he's not sure if I'm being sincere. You know, there's even that moment where he's just like, is this for real? Yeah. He, right. He's like, is this for real? You being for real? Yeah. That was a, that was another kind of like, I, I, I don't know what adjective to it was just like a very kind of i guess powerful or jarring whatever kind of moment mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh, you know yeah what i mean when when paul passed that was really tough too and it, it happened around the same time that this thing came out and yeah. i was just kind of like mm. going through the same kind of cycle of emotions again and even though it was a different person um you know, it, it was just kind of a reminder to to feel comfortable talking about it, and yeah, you know, I just like made sure to call a couple of people that I haven't talked to in a while, and um, you know, it was just it, it felt better. Absolutely, and that's that's what I think is really is really dope because like, so as like another thing I do is I work I work in you know social work counseling, and you know self disclosure is a is a thing that you have to be very careful with so you have so if i'm working with somebody i Mm -hmm. i'm very careful with what i what i divulge about myself to them because Mm. you don't know how that's going to affect them so that episode when you lean into the discomfort and self-disclose not only did you make a breakthrough it creates a breakthrough for the audience and a breakthrough for him because he feels less alone as well and Mm -hmm. You know, I was not prepared. Like, um, this show had me crying a lot. 
particularly the yeah. first and last episode. And um, Saskia says hi, by the way, my, my partner who, who you know, you've always been very helpful with um, when she. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. She. And so, like, I thought that was that was really dope. And yeah, um, that episode came out around the time that that we were all dealing with the loss of Paul. And I mean, I'm still dealing with it. This this week sure. has been has been really hard. But like hearing your voice and talking about talking with you and knowing like that that our mutual friend Paul like he him him and Sam Geller early on were like this dude's got it so I <laughs> yeah, know yeah, yeah what's that Paul Paul was always really supportive too you know like yeah and he, and he didn't he didn't fuck around because like because he like no no yeah he did not he was always he, he told you exactly how he felt all the time and that's yeah. how I knew that's how I, I, you know, it, yeah. Because he, because like he did not like this podcast. He did not like <laughs> my music. He was like, he was like, you need to know too much about movies to get into it. It's not for me. And I was like, that's okay. You know, he supported mm-hmm. that I did it, but you know, um, so if he gave me a compliment, I knew it meant something. So yeah, he knew he knew you had something, and um, but yeah, so like, and also. The first the first episode we had you on in 2017, you you said that I was a sour dude, and um, <laughs> when I said that, yeah, when and in what context? What, why we were talking, I, and I was un- like, unprompted? you know, I can be kind of gruff, and you're like, yeah, you're a bit of a sour dude, and I I, I appreciated that. I did, you know, I've been well, I've and, been, and you know, in like a in like a, a uh, in like a you know, in a New Yorker kind of way. I don't know. Oh, I'm not like, I'm not like confronting you about. What you is said that, to yeah, me. is that why you're having me back on? What's that? Is that why you're having me back on? Yeah, I need to talk to you about <clears throat> stuff. No, <laughs> um, just I was like, oh, that's something I need to think about because, like, my performance as a human being of like being like gruff and forward and forthright can sometimes come off as a way that's not always enjoyable for everybody else. So that's something I've been working on. Um, and that's cool. What I think it is quite profound about your show is that if this show had come out like not during a global fucking pandemic, mm-hmm. who knows what sort of audience it would have gotten? Like, yeah, some someone who's been on the show recently, Eliza Hitman, you know, her movie never, rarely, sometimes, always, like, who like got was because everyone was home. Like, pe- that movie got a look and. And a vibe, and people started seeing it that might not have, who knows, but mm-hmm. it, sure. it it benefited. And this year, HBO season three Westworld was pretty good, but I didn't watch it because that much because I was like, I don't I don't have time for that. So I think oh, a lot God. of people I zoned out every episode. Exactly. To be honest, I, yeah. I, I, I tried. I but... tried. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like this show. One. I do want to talk about the season finale because that was that was crazy, but mm-hmm. I think people were able to to get get into it because it was like not Westworld or not like this gigantic thing. It was it wasn't maximalist. It was just like people yeah. going through shit and like very relatable. And I think I think that I think I think that helped people people watch it because. You know, if I'm being honest, like there's definitely like a tradition of HBO making cult shows that 
that like a lot of people love but don't always like continue going on you know like mind of a married man or dream on or hotel room or something you know but but is there going to be a season two could you know yet uh I, i i don't know for sure yet um i did have a call with them yesterday um and they seemed you know they they asked me about a bunch of a bunch of logistical questions about what a season two like uh what kind of production challenges a season two would have but you know i tried to reassure them by saying that it's a pandemic proof show and um yeah you know i i could really scale it down to one person and it doesn't sure. look any different because it always like looks like sh- like shit, you know. So it, it doesn't look like shit. It just looks like <laughs> it's it's uh, as Saskia said. It's like it's anti glamour. So you just it's just a you're it's a New York tradition, but you're just sh- telling it like it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're saying. Um. um. <laughs> Because I don't, uh, I don't think it's ugly at all. Um, no, I know, I know. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a matter of taste, and it's, it's the kind of New York that I like to see. Right. Um. But it's um just because you know New York really isn't. I, I feel like everything I so much of what I watch, you know, even the most kind of like even even the truest depictions of New York in cinema, um, I I, I feel like are still lacking in a way, mm. and um, there's just something about like the like i don't know it just you you want it to you want to i want to fit so much into the the piece and and like this is just the 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 one format that i could think of that where i could do i could just i could just kind of drift and just meander and 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 have a memoir you know and do all this stuff um without any real restrictions and show New York kind of as I'd like it to be depicted. Uh, and I think as we all experience it and it's right. just, it's just so funny that people like, you know, no like real hate to HBO, but like, you know, just any, any of these prestige TV kind of networks, they just throw all of this money, you know, in these, into these really bloated productions and, and it doesn't like yield anything emotionally for people. It's, it's just another kind of like, you know, spectacle. And it, it, I just wanted to prove with the show that like all you really need is just to think about it and just like, like, and, and just shoot something in a way that hasn't been shot before. You know, we were just so like, we were just dealing with the same kind of bank of images and everything is just shot the same way. Even a lot of documentary stuff, you know, um, like, especially in the, you know, like the documentaries that make that, that kind of rise to the top, like all have this like very kind of sexy kind of graphics treatment and, and, and like, the same kind of arc and, and composition of talking heads and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that, 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 that stuff like that has value. Um, but I just think that we are, have just become so used to all the same stuff. And, and, and that was the most fun part of the show. And really why, what drives me to film anything is to just like, is to look at something in a way that I haven't looked at it before. And, uh, you know, I want people to be able to, I want to change the way that people see their environment because like, I, I feel it's just so, it must be so boring to not get excited, like walking around. 
like like <laughs> it, it like you can you you can have absolutely nothing going on and what i like about like seeing things through this lens is that like everything is exciting even the most boring stuff is exciting and you'll never be bored if you just like learn how to look at things a little differently right and that opens you up to like so many um possibilities right because like you're just you're just because if because even the grittiness of new york is often presented in a not gritty way like you know it's through nice cameras and through stuff oh like yeah this. it's like fake gritty so, i mean like you know you you get like uh you know it's like they go to a bad neighborhood they you know in a movie and they end up in dumbo you know like that's you know that's the neighborhood where they're like get me out of here you know uh <laughs> like I, I remember some i was just watching some like hallmark ish movie the other day um and you know they they go by the waterfront in dumbo and that's like the bad area um but this is like filmed a few years ago i just think it's so funny like th- like because like they a lot of the time people make these movies in new york and they're not for new yorkers you know it's like because they 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 fuck with the geography of everything and like i I try to be very literalist when it comes to like spatially where i am in new york i I like i think that like I, i i cannot stand when in a movie they like they teleport from one neighborhood to another, like with no explanation yeah. of how they got law there. Especially like, just, a, yeah. Law, I mean, you know, that's TV. Well, what was that like, Chris Rock, did, uh, the Chris Rock movie that came out years ago with him and Rosario Dawson. <clears throat> so top five. So there's a scene. They're literally, they're standing right by like where the Grey's Papaya, Fat Beats, whatever, across the street used to be like around the West West 4th Street area. And Chris Rock is getting ready to go somewhere. And then J.B. Smooth is like, you sure you don't need protection? This is a really rough area. And it's just <laughs> like, one, you could just look and see it's not. But two, to know that it's like, it's like West 4th Street in like 2014. Like, it's perfectly fine. You yeah, <laughs> totally. And yeah, yeah, especially, yeah. And like, so any New Yorker watching stuff like this would... Like it, it's insulting to, it's very to think that, that like to you're you're trying to like like when when you when you do try to just create a composite New York City out of different areas that don't make sense together, like that is really insulting to me. Um, and I just wanted and it, yeah, so it's, and 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 and, it, and the only people who wouldn't realize what you're doing are people that don't live in New York. Hmm. So it's like the movie is for everybody else but New Yorkers, you know? Right. And, and which is disgusting to me. And what's what's fun about your show is, you know, I'm on several text threads with my childhood friends from New York. And I have some friends that are like, of course, you'd like that show, you fucking weirdo. It's like, a, you know, it's like a community. <laughs> it's like a community access show from the 90s. And then there's people who are like, I really like it. It reminds me of a community access show from the 90s, you know, and. So their experience yeah. of it of it being like very accessible and human is is something that is like connecting and and most of my friends that don't even know that I know you like it, you know? And cool. Or just like it's very human. Like uh the bro, that episode four, that was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like people have very strong reactions to that. I mean, don't be coy. The, of course, <laughs> people are going to have strong I can't, reactions I can't imagine. To it. I can't tell why. 
Yeah. Like, you know, there it's an episode that is it starts with you wondering about protecting your furniture because of your cat. And then Mm -hmm. it transitions to meeting a dude who's invented a device to uh, content warning, uh, you know, remake your penis circumcised, uncircumcised again. Yeah. And like there's more full full frontal than on HBO than an episode of Oz, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I thought that was really funny that, you know, when you're about to watch the, the episode about covering your furniture, you know, like it has the most parental advisory icons at the beginning than any other episode, which I think is really funny. Right. And this guy who's like showing everything is t- telling you about how he enjoyed the movie Parasite. And yeah. Excitedly, he really liked it. He really liked it. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, as he should. I liked it a lot, too. It's a good movie. It's a good yeah. class commentary. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's like, I feel package. like like no you could say, like, I don't think you're taking advantage of that, dude, because I guarantee you, for everyone making fun of that episode, I guarantee you more people have bought TLC Tuggers from that episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, and you know, I'm I'm kind of like I, I I'm still kind of undecided about kind of like I'm still in the middle of the road when it comes to that kind of that issue, but I I I I feel like this is kind of a a platform for him, you know, right. and wh- whether or not you think that like I I I really like to let people speak in their own words, you mm-hmm. know, and and keep everything uninterrupted because everything is just so over edited these days. Um, and like, yeah, you could, I mean, sh- sure. Like I, I maybe shoot it or edit it in a way that like that, uh, no- you wouldn't edit like a normal, uh, commercial for this guy, right. but you know, it, it, but I, I think that in the same way with the Mandela effect people, like they, I was looking at the Mandela effect Reddit after the episode aired and even though, you know, I, I, I take a couple of, you know, I, 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 I I think it's more about memory at the end of the, at the end of the day. Yes. Um, they, they still liked it a lot, you know, because, you know, commentary aside, it was the biggest platform they've had and they're, and, sure. it, 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 and it is like, like gaining momentum on the internet because of it. And there's a lot more of a conversation about it. And not that I feel like it's an issue that people need to talk about necessarily, but I think it's, super fun to indulge in and you know and and i think it's kind of harmless on their end you know it's it's not like this 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 kind of vitriolic community they're all just like you know trying to figure out what's going on yeah i mean i have i have a couple (laughs) problems with mandela effect people but it's not like it's not a it's not a it's not a hill that i'm trying to die on well i mean a lot of them are like kind of kitchen sink like conspiracy theorists you know Right. Um, which I didn't really want to get into at all. I just, I kind of wanted to stay focused on the Mandela effect. Right. But and you what, didn't. What, what, and that's what, what I, that's what I liked about it. And, uh, that song at the end of the episode, I was, um, <laughs> uh, objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are. That was a slapper. Um, yeah, that was meatloaf. A lot of people don't realize that was meatloaf. Really? Um, Yeah. That, I thought that, that whole is... album was, that's like one of the biggest albums to ever come out. I mean, I guess maybe it's an age thing when I was in like 
I just remember that whole album spanning seventh and eighth grade. Oh yeah, back when albums could do that, could like live for two, two and a half years. Yeah, I. Yeah, I I was not familiar with this song honestly oh, until right. until my editor Adam uh, played it for me, and you know we were just because you know we were cutting together the you know like the the end sequence with like all the stickers and stuff, and he put this song over it, and I was like, oh my god, that is the song that that's the reason why I thought like I must have heard the song before, or somebody else must have heard it, and that's the reason why I think it's maybe because like he changed it because it made like the lyrics of his strong uh, his song like better by saying maybe like right and... syllable structure often makes rhythm or yeah may appear or whatever it is yeah and uh yeah and i just thought that was like such a cool way to just tie everything together at the end and that was definitely the most expensive thing in the whole i think in the whole show i was about that to was, say the, the right the like... rights to that song <laughs> Recently, there's been a TikTok craze of people being like, you know, Rosa Parks died in 2005, so it's possible that she saw the movie Shrek. Or like, Rosa Parks (laughs) died in 2005, therefore she may have seen movie X or movie Y. And the comment Mm -hmm. sections are often like, wait, I thought she died in the 60s. So... I think a lot of the Mandela effect that's that's like the serious stuff, like Nelson Mandela dying back in the day, is has to do with like issues of like race ignorance and this yeah. and the stuff that's like Berenstain Bears or like Stofers or that stuff is memory. And I think that's the that's where I get frustrated with mm. the 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 Mandela effect thing. Right, and like like in the way that like Rosa Parks like effectively died when she stepped off the bus for a lot of people. Exactly. Like because like they they she 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 doesn't she didn't like kind of she wasn't necessary in their narrative after that. Right. <laughs> yep. Bingo. Thank you. You couldn't have said it better. And um <laughs> yeah, like the and also like the episode like yeah, I'm I'm Jewish, so content warning. Like I'm circumcised. But it's definitely something I think about. I'm like, huh? Does does this does this still make sense in 2020? Is it more complex than we think? So, you have this guy talk about it and and show this device that he's created because he feels way strongly, way stronger than me about this issue, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, like like. He wouldn't have signed a waiver if he felt he was being exploited. He wanted yeah. to he wanted to yeah. help people that want to do this. Yeah, and he's also a bit of an exhibit I think he's also a bit of an exhibitionist at the same time. Um I would, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where and um yeah, you know, and he got to play his music too and you know, I I filmed a lot of it, but that was just a one section that we used uh in the episode um that instrument people have been asking me about the instrument that he plays too Um, stevie wonder plays that instrument as well oh okay it seems i i it seems expensive i think it was like five grand or something like that someone posted a screenshot i mean it, it, it the type like a guitar piano sort of thing they can be expensive yes i forget exactly what it's called but that sort of instrument is like 
has the setup of a guitar, but the key, the key, the key rate of a piano. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're making this show, you're almost done, and then, and then this pandemic happens. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea when the show came out whether you were going to address it or not because you know sometimes shows are done way before you know stuff happens so like again like a show like Westworld coming out in the middle of a pandemic I'm not trying to shit on Westworld I like Westworld but I just didn't care cuz like yeah. people were dying all the time and I missed my friends and I was losing my mind and I was trying to graduate cop my grad grad school and like like it just the idea of the singularity ruining the world wasn't very interesting to me but like yeah what what you were doing with the show was and then like when you the story i mean of your relationship with your landlady um was amazing because like i like who doesn't like to have someone to watch Jeopardy with, you know? Yeah. Like this beautiful, nice lady who helps you out. And then, so like you're telling this story about trying to do a nice thing for your landlady. And, and even though I was getting frustrated because I can cook and I was like, why he keeps on fucking up the risotto though. But (laughs) I know that's not the point. And then, you're you're like trying to pop this bag of potato chips and blah 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 and then and then you get back to New York and and Saskia and I are watching and I realize oh they are going for it and then you tell a story of what's happening to New York during COVID how how do what was that like and how did y'all decide to do that um yeah so I I was you know I was making this Thing. it wasn't necessarily I didn't plan for it to be the finale you know it just it just so happened to be the last thing that I had yet to yet to kind of figure out you know I was making the risotto thing and then I I, I thought it was going to become about addiction and 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 you know like kind of nicotine and vaping and stuff like that so right. and, and and I thought that I was going to kind of like I thought that was going to be the kind of like dual narrative more or less but then this, you know, then the pandemic happened and I, much like, you know, like all of us, we were, I was just so confused and mm-hmm. I, I, I just didn't know what the rules were really. And so, I, but I, I knew that like, and, and all, you know, everything started to shut down and I'm just like, in that moment, I'm just, you know, kind of like, uh, okay, I feel this in- intense pressure because I don't because no other show can do what I have the ability to do at that moment, and I just decided to take advantage of it and and just power through it because, you know, it was just such a precious time in New York. Like every single day, the landscape changed so dramatically, um, and I knew that like just for posterity, even if it didn't make it in the show, I had to just film and just talk to people and just see what was going on and go to the supermarket and, you know, try to make my risotto and like, and, and, and just keep making the episode. And, you know, like the, like the, 
like the supermarket line, you know, that was in a, a food bazaar uh, off Wyckoff in Bushwick. And um, that was, you know, it's where I get groceries a lot of the time, but that was, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't know if we all really talk about it this way, but like one of the biggest super spreader events of all was, was that grocery store rush, like, mm-hmm. you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, cause we're all in this, in these really tight spaces, you know, with everybody with no masks on and, some people have gloves and stuff like that. And, um, I'm amazed that I didn't get it, you know, at the time, but who knows, maybe I did. And actually, no, I doubt it. Cause I didn't, I didn't give it to anybody. I know. I think I, I, I think I may have had it in January. Same. <clears throat> I was over in Iceland and what? I'm like, I was, di- yeah, it was like every symptom, but it's similar to Scott. It's like early, early on. Um, I Saskia and I had a very strange flu in January or February that yeah sort of my mom yeah I was just like I assumed I had the flu because it was everything that came with the flu but it was different there was like I had like the worst cough of my life and I was having breathing issues but I also have asthma so everything is exacerbated so I think it's very possible that I that we got it in January but mm-hmm. um you know and I just want to say a little bit for you know, again, like we try to make these episodes as universal and timeless as possible. So someone can check it out and be like, oh, this is awesome to hear John Wilson and stuff. But a lot of the information that people are spreading right now is really dishonest. So like the CDC is releasing this info that the death rate of the infected is only 2%. And so therefore, you know, it's really safe to go outside because the death rate is only 2%. But that's really dishonest because you're not going into the fact of the like just because you get it and don't die doesn't mean like your experience is going to be easy, you know. Yeah. yeah there there are people point. that get it and just have one bad day, and then there are people that get it that are fucked up for months and a lot of this and a lot of in between. So, like, the this narrative amongst certain groups because it's not just the right wing there's also like the 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 conspiritualists the you know and different folks that are like oh it's just like the flu no it's not um and just be careful and mindful and like the way you move around in life doesn't necessarily have to be the same for everybody but if you live around immunocompromised people you should be careful but yeah. Speaking of which, this episode, the last episode is about like one of the conceits is you want to make risotto for your landlady, who's this beautiful soul who you call mama, who makes you mama. food. Mama. Wrong emphasis. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> who makes being difficult. I'm joking. Who makes you food and you watch Jeopardy with and it seems like you have a genuine relationship with. And uh, like yeah. you, you want to do this nice thing for her. And, you know, things happen. I don't want to go too into it because I think I, I like I do believe that this is one of the this is one of the best episodes of TV of the year. It, and, it's also still new and fresh. And I see people on the timeline, my specific timeline, who who have just started watching it because well, I was going to say earlier, I have HBO on demand. So when the show first started, I watched and then I got sidetracked and then I just caught up. And then I just rewatched everything again because the show was so good. So I, I, I do know there's even specific people who listen to this show 
who are just who are like on episode two and three. So so I'm not gonna go like super deep into it, but I do think right. that when people look back on it, this is gonna be one of the celebrated episodes to to talk about COVID because mm-hmm. it's not like the Connors where it's like we're working class folk working in a pandemic or that mm-hmm. other propaganda film that I don't want to talk about. Like you just you just presented and I was I was fucking bawling watching this episode because for better or worse, you you made me feel like how I felt when this started. Yeah. And, and you then, captured yeah, that's that. That's what I was afraid of too. That Right. I, yeah, I was afraid that people wouldn't want to time travel back to that moment, but you know, it seems like people actually don't mind it as much and actually kind of like it it is kind of cathartic or, or it it does drum up some weird like not bad emotions but just like very unique ones that like you didn't really like it maybe helps you work through it in a way that you didn't know that you needed to work through it yeah uh, that, it was at least it that's g- how it was for me for me it gave me a much needed cry that i was fine with it was painful but i was fine with it mm-hmm. you know like I think we do ourselves no service by not crying if we need to. Obviously, there's times where crying is inappropriate, like, but if you're at home and you want to cry and it's safe to cry, it's good. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's just a sort of, it's a different type of uh, release, and you know, there's different different ways to do it. Um, but I do have a question. So if you if Listeners that haven't watched the last episode, spoilers. It's a very quick spoiler. Um, did Mama like the risotto? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell. She's very even, kind of even-tempered. Um, uh, so yeah, I would say yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and, and she is she is uh, as of this recording alive and well. So. Oh, all right, good. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, I have, I have a couple questions, but Marcus, you have any questions you, that, that, yeah, uh, well, not, <clears throat> Ooh, sorry, uh, not so much questions, just, I do have to kind of chime in as someone who literally studied scaffolding because architecture was my major and I am in the oh, field yeah. of design. So I kind of appreciated that in like a weird way. I think that as far as like, Something to personally relate to, I actually did, because I just remember being so bored learning about structures in mm-hmm. school, and then this episode reminded me how funny it was. I'm just like seeing my 20, 21, 22 year old self being bored in class, and that <laughs> show kind of, but like, I mean that in a good way, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah, I, you know, I had to spend a lot of time with, with that material as well, and uh, yeah, that, that was a that was the most fun challenge. One of the most fun challenges of the show is, is trying to take the most unfunny object and, and turning it into, you know, like, and just transforming it into a funny I mean, object. In, in, inter- I mean, and if, if you're in a field of something, someone's going to take it serious, but it was just really fascinating seeing these, especially those two women who are the most proudest I've ever seen about scaffolding that one lady about like, well, if my husband's doing it, like she was just very, <clears throat> it reminded me, I don't, have you, have you seen Monrovia, Indiana, Fred, uh, Fred, Frederick Wiseman's 2018 oh, yeah. movie? 
Yeah, it's awesome. There's this whole scene where the guy is giving this speech about like mattresses and how like how much oh my sweat God, like, that is, like comes out of it. Like it, it really reminded me of all that. It was like the same. Those, I, those, those, those two moments reminded me of each other. I, I actually, yeah, there's a bunch of footage from season one that never made it in of me like going into mattress stores, like basically trying mm-hmm. to chase like chase the high of that scene in in wow. monrovia i just loved it so much i've, ne- I've never seen anything like it is there it any just... more footage of that uh the the black guy doing karate for like two seconds at the beginning of um i think it was episode two or three that is like a five minute shot and he's doing it wow. like yeah. for a long time it's just funny. before he like, kicked i was just like what is this guy gonna do and then he gets his leg up really like i don't know his physical ability didn't match his body type and then when he kicked i was like oh never mind yeah if you want to send us that just for us to enjoy yeah you know Um, i i I had to figure out a way to smuggle the raw footage oh right it's probably like an nda sort of vibe yeah that's the thing it's like a lot of this uh, a weird way like a lot a lot of like what was personal has now become hbo's and like even though i you know it, it this is the the deal you make you know right it's like I, I I do I do get to make things in a way that I could have never dreamed of making them, but also you know it, it is like it 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 is kind of like technically owned by somebody else, which which feels really strange. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I I think it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, I think like as honestly like I'm just all about like I want the most number of people to be able to see this thing you know and i want them to like i i I want them to be able to enjoy it and and maybe learn something about themselves and like i just can't stand when when like you know like young indie filmmakers like you know or any indie filmmaker like when when they like i know i know you got to pay for your stuff somehow but like when you make something that doesn't cost that much money and then you put it up behind a paywall or only, you know, show it in festivals or something and then it just kind of dies. It's like, I don't know. It, 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 it's just kind of like a, a waste to me. And, and it's just like, you mm. can make stuff for no money and then put it out there and, you know, and then people, you can see if people like it. Right. Like it just bumps me out when I see something at a festival that I adore that like I want to share with as many people as possible because I think it'll make them better people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't. Oh, God, like, don't get me started. Like, like that drives from, me nuts. From going to, like, the New York Film Festival... Well, New York Film... No, Toronto for over a decade, there's stuff that, like, I consider some of the best stuff, like, ever. And it's, like, it's still to the stuff from, like, six, five, seven years ago that still doesn't even have a DVD release. Yeah. That, like, I look at... But, like, it was so ingrained in my mind that, like, oh, I saw this thing in 2014, 2011, and I and every once in a while I still Google to see, like, did it ever come out? Is there, like, a, yeah. re, a multi-region? For, and, and there isn't. And I think that's really sad. Marcus yeah. will tell me about On a some, few levels. Marcus will tell me about some movie and I'll be hella excited about it. And then, like, it never comes out. Or that you're saying, like, it'll... Like it's this is a weird thing because like you could argue that HBO is a paywall and obviously it is in a way, but totally. I argue also with the fact that you're willing to share it with people that can't have access to it. I there's certain paywalls that are different than others. Like I think it would actually be more difficult to watch if it was on HGTV in some ways these days. Yeah, so, totally. 
And I like, think that's something that happened with Nathan for you is like that was on Comedy Central, you know, and a it's lot not of easy for me to watch Nathan because, for yeah, you. It's, yeah. It was super hard to watch for a long time. I, like, thankfully, I'm a uh, I can, you know, consider myself a gifted pirate. And uh, I was able to, you know, I have my like little TV community, like a private tracker thing. And I was, you know, I, I got everything off that. Right. But like, yeah, I don't, oh, I don't really? know. It was on Hulu. All right, it's still well, and like now it is now it is on Hulu, and and that's why there's like a, a, a that's why you know Jake Tapper is tweeting about Nathan for you or whatever. Yeah, but oh, it, see, I thought but even it wasn't. Like up to season. Oh, I thought because like all Comedy Central stuff, well, almost. Oh, I thought it was like a few seasons, like after like season three. That's when it started being on. Oh, never mind. Oh, I, yeah, guess I think it was very recently. Oh. I remember when when Nathan oh. and I were pitching the show. We were we pitched the show to Hulu. And like we realized that Nathan's picture was on the wall of their lobby, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. Like, why are you being represented by Hulu?" And they're like, "Oh, they just had a deal with Comedy Central," and um, Hulu Hulu ended up not liking the pitch, and uh, you know, just I thought that was funny, right? Because like most people, many people these days don't have cable TV. It's it's yeah. very expensive cable TV comparatively. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like my, one of my favorite shows is, is the Venture Brothers. And when new seasons come out, I get kind of bummed cause I'm like, and obviously first world problems, whatever, but I'm like, oh, this is going to be like a year before I get to watch because like, you can't watch that easily on the adult swim site. You can't, I don't have TV. So it's just <laughs> like, and, and pirating becomes like really annoying and not something I'm really trying to deal with anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So in a way, like every, almost everyone I know, and this is probably a privileged position, but whatever, almost everyone I know can access HBO max if they need to. And I've, yeah. I, I'll say it again. Cause I say it all the time. HBO max is better than Netflix. It just is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'll, 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 I'll go there too. Sure. But I also want to say, you know, when we had you on in 2017, we spoke about how, yeah, like you were try you were in the tradition of like trying to be in the tradition of, um, you know, Werner Herzog, Frederick Wiseman, Les Blank. And it's nice to see like people fucking with you and like, and like you can, <laughs> You can see the influence, but it doesn't feel like a Xerox copy at all. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you feel that way, you know, because I, I think sometimes people begin to, you know, like when when they, when they try to kind of uh, in, in, in kind of invoke other filmmakers or, or try to like or try to like reference styles and stuff, it the, the work becomes like almost kind of like academic and unenjoyable sometimes to me and like I, I wanted to have these 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 features kind of of everyone's work um like in there but I, I I also wanted it to be completely its own thing and you don't need like uh you don't need a library of, of references to appreciate what the thing is you know it right just, you take all of the good qualities that are just like inherently entertaining and and like <clears throat> and 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 deep about all of this other work and i just wanted to put it into one place you know um but yeah there's a bunch of other filmmakers too yeah and Mar- marcus there was a movie that you got me excited that i wanted to see back in the day that i don't think ever came out which was about like people building buildings in syria i think 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that actually played at the Museum of Moving Image, but it wasn't like what was it in regular again? rotation. It, oh my god, hold, hold on. I'll, I'll, I, yeah. Um, Sorry for putting you on on the no, spot. No, no, no. It, it, it was it, it was only like two two years ago. But yeah, like John, there's this movie that Marcus was telling me about about like people who build buildings in Syria, knowing full well that the buildings might not last very long. And the, the taste imper- of cement. Yeah. Yeah, which is such a yeah. It's like you build these buildings, but you know at some point there's going to be some bomb or explosion, and you got to start all over again. But also before you start all over again, the debris is going to kill people. It, it, it's it's a crazy. It is a, technically it is a documentary, but there's some like I don't know how, how to describe it. There's like pre-planned stuff. There's just like a lot of intentional artistic shots inserted throughout the documentary the music is very great and droning oh, for those of you listening I, I wrote about it on on uh, on pinland empire yeah um, and it's it is actually now on amazon prime video for five bucks and oh well it, i think for everyone listening it, it, it's worth the five bucks damn it's been like right but this, the wow. the people that listen to our show are willing to pay five bucks most sure. most people that aren't in film school or film photo or whatever like they don't pay money to watch movies that aren't part of their services. So like yeah. figuring out how to do that is really difficult. And um, so we have a couple minutes. John, I do have an idea for season two, but I'm not sure if you want me to, to talk about it on, on, on record. Are you, are you afraid that I... Uh, what that this would be a spoiler for something that hasn't happened yet or that like people would know that every... I'd I'd rather you say it so people don't think that cuz then then people would think that any one of the any number of the ideas in season 2 is yours. Well, it's not mine. When you okay. came on on episode 12, you told the craziest story I ever heard about a guy who beat you up and then you oh, went to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Walton triple murder yeah um yeah it's that is something that's still definitely kind of in the reserve right um but and listen to episode 12 if you want to learn more about that yeah 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 um that's the footnote um but yeah it, it i i don't know there's something about like the thing that already happened you know right i like i like i don't like so many documentaries are, are, are take place in the past tense. You know, it's about something that already happened. So they're more concerned with recreations and having people tell the stories of what happened than, than trying to capture something as it's happening in the moment, you know? Mm. And, and I, I realized that like, I, I don't think it would be very visually compelling, like, you know, for, for a, a long story like that to like, to kind of reenact that or, or like go and shoot for it because, like stuff like that doesn't excite me as much as 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 discovering new things, you know. So right. I, I I do dip into kind of my personal history every now and then, but I like to dip out just as quickly, just because you know that's just once the the visual material runs dry in a way. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. You again, as we were talking about earlier in the episode, um, you you're very sparing with disclosure but when you do it's like wait 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 what like you have like this little diary of everything that happens every day for like mad long 
Like, I didn't know yeah. that about you. But, like, also, you're my friend, and I don't know. Like, like again, you, you're not... You're not not open. Like I enjoy. Like if I see you at a party, like I talk to you. We talk, but yeah, you're not like you're. You're a little enig- enigmatic, which is, you know, that's good. I think. I think it. I think it serves the show well, because okay, that's good. Because like people want to know about you, but they also want to see what's going on. And and I am interested. Should you get a season two, where I do think HBO would be silly if they didn't, because mm-hmm. like people are talking about it, people are really loving the last episode. Um, I think you're gonna make a lot of lists, and um, like I think you know shows that have the sort of like man on the street vibe sometimes suffer like the sophomore slump when people know who you are. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's going to matter because I think people are just going to want to tell their stories. You just have to make sure that they're not like hamming it up for the for the screen. Yeah. And, and, the, and those people are usually pretty easy to weed out anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, that was like a big part of not wanting to like have my image on screen for the most part um, was just like, I mean, A, I'm filming. So it's just like. It it just doesn't make sense, but B, it would just make my job harder if people recognized me and, you know, but then, you know, HBO goes ahead and, you know, puts my, puts like a production still of my face as the splash image for the show. So I guess that's out the window. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully it, it doesn't become this obnoxious thing I have to deal with. I, I really just want to continue to, to keep shooting from the same distance and, you know, with the same level of anonymity for as long as I can. Yeah. No, and I, th- I think you can. Um, are there, is a, yeah, is there anything else you want to say or talk about before we, before we close out this episode? Hmm. Um... I don't know. I feel like we talked about a lot, but you know, if, if you, you know, if, if, uh, you know, next time I see you in perfect in person, you know, uh, feel free to ask me whatever, you know, I'll, I'll try to answer. I, I don't mean to be too closed off or, you know, anything. And, uh, Oh, I hope I didn't you know. upset you with saying that. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, you know, that's the, just the cool thing about being friends, I guess, you know, we, uh, we uh you don't have to lay it all out at at first and it's fun to get to you know once you know you're gonna know someone for a while probably then you feel fine kind of kind of letting yourself out in small doses you know otherwise you're just like trying to give someone a pitch immediately and throwing it all out there and then it's just like okay i'm i'm (laughs) you know i'm probably you know i may not know this person for very long yeah, and I've known you now for for over six years. You know, when I met you, I still smoked cigarettes, and I haven't smoked cigarettes for over five years. And yeah, I yeah, I'm nicotine. I'm about a um, what is it? I'm almost a year nicotine free. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's hard, tough, but and you know. um, you know, one of the funny things is the number one thing when I spoke to friends that I, that I was having you on the podcast this week was you have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And 
that's purposeful because if I don't like if I don't think people are going to enjoy me and Marcus's weird podcast about movies, I'm not going to waste their time with it. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. That's, that's like how my, a lot of my relatives were with the movies that I make. Yeah. Cause like, I know you're probably not going to like it. So that's why I haven't told you about it. Like yeah. we share, we, sp- we spare each other the disappointment. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't think you have anything to be disappointed about. I'm not, I'm not. I just like, don't think the podcast, our podcast is, loved by some and people who love it love it and people who don't don't that's fine marcus you got anything else before we uh um this will probably be my new it sounds weird depending on how you look at it but this will probably be my new comfort show when i don't go to sleep right away and like i'm just in the living room just having something on to watch uh and it's also now that i've watched the show the series twice I can also kind of do stuff while I watch it because I know it so well. So I'm, I've been looking for... There's like certain shows that have been either taken off Hulu or taken off whatever that were my comfort shows. So this is this is my new comfort show. Yeah, sort of a, cool. spir- sort of a spiritual sequel to Fishing with John. Yeah. I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that show. Um, I know. I could tell. <laughs> there's actually a, a there's a John Lurie track that plays at the end, like the on the on the on the coming next, like on the you know after each episode when they when like there's like a little backwards flute track that John Lurie did for Fishing with John that I used. Oh, that's um, awesome! Yeah, I've and I wasn't sure if anyone noticed yet, but uh, that was one of my favorite tracks off that album. I I didn't. Um, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, man. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, guys, for asking me to do it again, and hopefully, I don't know, see you again on the other side of all this. I hope so. No, I will see you soon again. We will. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know yeah. why I said that's so cryptic sounding. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll i be in New York, and um, I'll reach out to you, because I miss your face. Ditto. All right, man. All right, talk to you later. <laughs>